0: Welcome back to Nach Today we are focusing on Perak Tezbov, the 15th chapter of Sefer Yerushua. In my humble opinion, this chapter and the next few chapters are the reason why people have not really learned Nach. Because everybody starts off and they say, I'm going to learn Nach, I'm going to go through it. They go through the stories, the war, the intrigue, the drama, and then they get to the Sa'ar, it's the division of the land. And they realize, hey, this isn't so easy. And like as an example, this Perak, this chapter itself has a lot of psukim. There are a great number of psukim, all describing boundaries and sixty-three psukim in total of just boundaries and cities and areas. And you know, at this point in time, you get really lost. So what we're going to do is, is, we're not we're going to not get lost in the details. We're going to try and get a bigger picture and do some of the salient points, which are very much. I'm a part of these chapters of division. So it is true, this now, this section does describe the division of the land, and it starts with Yehuda. Yehuda seems to be the tribe which goes first when it comes to, the, to many things, including the division of the land of you, of Israel proper, we've already given the East Bank nations Ruven Gad and, and Asher, their section. We're now in Israel proper; they're getting their section. I'm going to be sending out a map. It'll be easy to see the the area that Yehuda is going to be getting is a large swath of land, moving really from the Dead Sea area on the east side all the way across to the to the Shvela, to the coastal plains, uh, down by the sea. It's really the, the low reaches, the southern reaches of Israel in the ancient times. Today, Israel that we're fortunate to be able to walk upon today is down to Eilat. This was not the original southern border. The original southern border was towards the Beersheveh area, as we can see in Yehuda. And the description is, is, uh, the, uh, is clear about the, ge- the geography of where the boundaries are on the east, the west, the south, the north. Um, and then there's a whole list of cities which are given. Um, and uh, th- th- this, is, this is what we were given. Now, in and amongst this, there's a few things which are really worthwhile noting. Number one um, <clears throat> is that um, it, there's a story embedded here, which happens in the middle, which has actually repeated at the beginning of, Sa- of Sefer Shoften, which is about um, the daughter of Kalev. What happens is that Kalev comes to an area called Kiryas Sefer, and he says, whoever succeeds in conquering Kiryasefer can marry my daughter Aksa. And so, and behold, it is, his brother, his own brother, um, Osniel Ben-Knaz, who will be later one of the earlier shoftim following Yahushua, is, um, is going to be the one who conquers Kiryasefer and marries Ahsa. And then there's this little bit of a tension which ensues, because Aksa and Osniel feels that, feel that the inheritance that they got and um, the land to live on is 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 an negev it's in the dry land and they she goes and you know does a sort of rifka like move she sort of lowers herself off the camel and begs from her father Kalev that she and her, her husband um can get better land with water and he agrees and gives her the gullas elis and gulos tahti um and, and tahti at the lower and higher springs very curious story sounds like it is a family drama of, you know you know uh, this a uh, high dowry or high price for the marriage and then the dowry wasn't enough and there's sort of this begging which is going on nonetheless the Al-Sheikh quotes Chazal as pointing out a very fascinating point, and that is is that there was this this interesting thing that happened now when Moshe Rabbeinu died and Yosher took um took um, power there was actually a loss of 300 halakhos that means to say that something happened there was something lost in the transition transmission of the oral torah something was lost from the traditional moshrovenu and what what really a was actually saying was whoever can conquer Kiryas sefer like sort of the the residence, the place of the book. Whoever can reconquer those we will be able to marry my daughter. In fact, in fact, Osniel was the one, it wasn't a military success, this was a spiritual success that he was able to redevelop the tools to be able to find those halachas through deduction rather than through tradition. And and um, and we carry on reading it in this direction where water has a much greater significance than simply the geography of the land itself, and the conversation takes on a completely different note. Very fascinating incident which occurs in the narrative amongst the geography. Moreover, we come into a very interesting description. And that is that they, at, towards the end of this, in Pasuk Lamed Al- Beis, the Tanakh tells us, Kol arim esrim that there were 29 cities as described in um, that Yehuda owned. Now, technically speaking, if you actually go out there and you whip out your little pen and underline in the Peric, you'll notice there's actually thirty-eight, not twenty-nine. The Peric is underestimating what is really listed, which is strange. So, where are those extra cities coming from, pray tell? So, this, the 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 the, the Radak tells us something, which is really gives us a whole different view of this Peric, and that is is that. If we look through carefully who got a Nachla, not all the tribes got, a, got a, a portion in the land of Israel. In fact, Shimon, as an example, did not get a portion in the land of Israel. Why did Shimon not get a portion? It wasn't just that he was at the end of the line and there was nothing left. It is because originally, 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 when Shimon and Levi went and massacred the city of Shechem, Yaakov Avinu's curse was I'm going to divide them up among my, my Territory and I'll scatter them that means to say that they're not going to get their own, uh, their own portions, Which is true Levi only got got 48 cities and Shimon didn't have his own Helek. So where did Shimon live then? By the way, this is expressed in the bracha of Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, um, where he says there's there's no mention of Shimon. Shimon is mentioned, Shema Hashem, call um, Yehuda. Listen, um, um, Hashem, to the voice of Yehuda, and the word Shema, to listen is sort of the hint, the innuendo to Shimon. Shimon is sort of, hinted to in, in Yehuda. Why? It says the Radak, because his cities were ultimately, he was dispersed among his among the cities of Yehuda. Where are these extra cities coming coming from? They are the hidden portion of Shimon who is embedded in the portion of Yehuda. And he goes on to say that if you look at some of the names of those cities, some of those cities are deep in Gaza, which is later on Philistine territory. The number of those Shimon cities were taken over by the Philistines and were part of the critical battle, battles to be fought later on in Shoftim and Shmuel. Very interesting digression on this on this um, uh, section over here. Finally, we I want to uh, just conclude with the last pasuk in this parak, which is <speaking in Hebrew> So, although Yehuda did conquer a lot of the area, there were, some nation, there were some nations who were told they were not able to, and they were the Jebusites, the Yuvusi, who were the controllers of Jerusalem. It's going to be a little ambiguous as to how much of Jerusalem was conquered. Was it conquered? Was it not conquered? Because it seems like one of the wars was against it. Part of the area seems to be conquered. But nonetheless, we're being told that a certain central part of Yerushalayim is not to be conquered now until later on in the times of David. Why not? They just had strong fortifications. What was going on over here? So it happens to be that it relates to the parish that we're in right now, this parsha of Vayera. In parsha of Vayera, there's an incident in which Avimelech and Fechol come to Avram and says, Avram, we need a peace accord. You, and Avram you know, makes, the, makes the deal, you don't touch our wells, I'll the peace accord. And the peace accord was that I won't touch your children, we won't make war as neighboring nations. Who is Avimelech? Avimelech was the king of the, the Philistines, Melech Pishtim, in the area of Gerar, which is the area towards Gaza. On the, On the west coast, uh, the west southwest coast of Israel, and the Radak points out that in fact the Yehusii were a extension, were were actually generations from the Jebusites, were part of the the Pleshtim, and the reason why Yehuda could not conquer them was because Yehuda was still bound by that peace accord of generations back that Avraham made, which now limited his ability to access them, which is why this section of the land remained unconquered. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.